Welcome to Imagine Yourself. I'm Lene. And this is Sandy. And Lene, generational poking fun at each other has been around for years before there was OK Boomer and making fun of millennials. It's always been happening. We want to foster better relationships and better productivity. So we are talking to people all the way from Gen Z through baby boomers. And we're going to start with the boomer. It's Elizabeth, who's 60. I'm happy with the stage of life that I'm at, but I just want to be as useful as I can to younger people and I want to gain everything that I can from them. You know, you guys are the young people, but bring your vigor, imagination, ideals, and together let's keep what is working and get rid of that which isn't and together build a strong fabric that will support all of us and help us all to have to build the world that we imagine. My name's Dana and I'm 34. That makes me a millennial, the generation that has given you, among other things, avocado toast. (laughs) I think as a generation, we're pretty easy to poke fun at, particularly when it comes to kind of our place in the economy. We get tagged as lazy. We're strapped with quite a bit of student debt. Uh, Many of us entered the uh, job force during the economic recession. But you know what I love about millennials is I think that kind of foundation and struggle has really made us innovative. It's pushed us to invent I make the joke that millennials invented Airbnb because we love to travel, but we were too broke for hotels. And I think particularly that influence that our generation has had in the tech boom is all really kind of founded in that shared struggle. I'm Joe. I'm 21. I guess you could consider me to be in the Tide Pod eating generation, though. That's more so a fad that sort of faded away. And unfortunately, it's associated with Gen Z. But I think besides the bad rap we get for that, I guess, although that's sort of a joke, is that Gen Z is a generation that I think is um, more self-aware, more anxious to see change and progress, whether it be in their own personal lives or in the society around them. I think we're self-aware in terms of we are a lot more in tune with our own mental health And there isn't a lot of stigma when it comes to things like uh, mental illness, like anxiety and depression and stuff like that. Yeah, I think we're just a lot more in touch with our emotions and our mental health than perhaps maybe older generations. My name is Lisa. I'm 46 years old. What I love most about our generation is that we were the generation that knows what it's like to be able to go outside and function in society and not have everything be so politically correct. We are more of the work hard play hard generation. My name's Nicole and my age is 73. When you get to this age, those are the golden years. For us, it was the war in Vietnam. It was segregation and getting that taken care of and of discovering ourselves. We were very focused on that. And I think we were very community oriented. Everybody helped each other. I think we thought we were vested in each other. That's the thing I'm most proud about. My name is Lane. I am 28 years old and I am considered a millennial. I think when asked the question, how do I feel about my generation and where we fit in society and what I love about our generation or my generation, I think the first thing I think about is how entrepreneurial our generation is. Something I really appreciate is the fact that we would take something that would be considered a hobby in the past and make it a career in the future. So I think older generations, they might have a hobby in bird watching 
or collecting stamps. But something that my generation would do is how do I sell these stamps or how do I create a bird watching manual? We turn it into a career and really get outside of the traditional job markets and start creating our own. My name is Kayla and I'm 19 years old. I think that our generation is one of the most communicative. Not only do we communicate and collaborate with people who we already know in person, like friends and family, but we also try and communicate and share ideas and learn from other people our age all around the world. Also, we are serious about making change. This can be shown by the things that we've already done as teens by using our strength and numbers to get things done with changes that we want to see in the world. And I also think that we have the ability to not take ourselves too seriously. My name is Dane. I'm 50 years old. Can one statement sum up Generation X? In my experience, Gen Xers, and quite frankly, all generations, well, they are diverse in their views. And I have to tell you, I'm struggling to come up with a defining statement. I suppose the one thing I missed growing up in the 70s, 80s, and 90s is that the United States still saw God's laws as something it had to reckon with. And I felt personal freedom in living and expressing that view. My name is Shivana Wilson. I am 40 years old. I think my generation fits into society in many ways. We are entrepreneurs, small business owners, leaders in our school systems and communities, and we are advocates for our youth today. We are also service-oriented and passionate about creating ways to have an impact. I love the way my age group interacts with each other. While we come from different backgrounds and walks of life and lifestyles, we tend to find a way to, without hesitation, to accept those differences. But we are also willing to learn from each other. That openness goes a long way today. It does go a long way. I love that. Wasn't it interesting to get to hear what different people from different generations thought about the ways that their generation has contributed to the world overall. Yeah, everybody brought something to the party. Exactly. We really need to jump into this and really take time to kind of appreciate everybody and their role in this. But first, we just want to acknowledge our partnership with Keisha Ganey, a consultant at Rodan and Field's skincare brand that has solutions designed to give you the best skin of your life. And we're going to talk about that later as well. All right. So generations, it's hard to know which generation to start with. I mean, do we start with the younger ones? Do we start with the older ones? Do we start with um, in between? My feeling on this is we start at the beginning. I have a special place in my heart for the baby boomer generation, because no matter who you are out there, unless you're a baby boomer, you came from them. Right, exactly. (laughs) They came first. They showed us the ropes of life. Even like Elizabeth and Nicole said, they had such a message for us. I think we start there. Yeah. And another thing I feel about the boomers, especially the older boomers, is, you know, it's more difficult when you get older and society tends to forget you. You fall out of advertising demographics and people seem to overlook you. And yet there you are with all of this knowledge and wisdom that you've accumulated over the years. I agree. Because we took the time to really sit down and talk to different people and their perspectives. Some things were in the clips at the beginning and some things weren't. It's just like Elizabeth told me something. It was so cool. She said, as far as the older generation, please don't leave us out. 
And that touched me in my heart because she mentioned there's a bridge between idealism and practical experience. That's true. And that is an important bridge so that you can avoid some of the pitfalls that others have made before. You know, history is important. People who lived in that time in history, I'm all for innovation, but you can use some of the wisdom from before. Yeah. And I feel like one of the reasons that in this country, we leave out older folks, and I touched on it by saying the word demographics, and people don't have to be in marketing or advertising to know a demographic. We might say, okay, if you're not between 25 and 54, or 18 and 34, or whatever the demographic is, then you get ignored, because the advertisers aren't necessarily seeking your dollars. Although why wouldn't they just because you passed the age of 54 certainly doesn't mean you stop spending money. Exactly. I mean, Sandy, it's even, I feel like almost more slap in the face than that. Sometimes you and I have noticed, even when we try to prepare, because we always have a blog for every episode and there's a photo and sometimes we go through stock photos. And do you know, does anyone understand how hard it is to find pictures of men or women ages 40, 50, 60 and up. It's like a subliminal message saying, you aren't seen. You don't need to be seen. And I refuse to stand for that anymore because I'm, <laughs> I'm in, even though I'm not a baby boomer, I'm in still in that generation, the 40s and 50s mm-hmm. generation where I don't want to let that happen anymore. <laughs> no. And I feel like it's getting a little bit better. But like you said, all you have to do is run a search for stock photos to know. And just to clarify that a little bit for people who don't deal with stock photos, when you're doing the blog or the podcast or something and you're putting something together and you want a picture, there are websites you can go to and search different images. And one of the worst is when you're looking for something that has to do with fitness, like our last podcast and blog were on fitness, and you cannot find, or it's almost impossible to find a picture of somebody working out that's over 35. Hello? <laughs> Have you been to exactly. like a gym or seen people running lately? And all ages. We've got a lot of good years left mm-hmm. in us. This country has talked about having conversations a lot with everything that's come up racially. Yes. And that is what prompted us to have this episode to have conversations with people intergenerationally to talk about it because, and like I said, we couldn't put the whole conversation on the little snippets that we had here for this episode. But I promise you, since we're kind of starting with the baby boomers, I spoke with Nicole and she is in that era. And she just said that there is this connection happening. She wanted to make sure that younger people knew that they are giving her hope and inspiration. She sees more good coming from them, more to come. Because she even said, though, this too, this was the cute part. Some of the younger people don't realize and no one has told them, you can't do that. So if they're operating (laughs) like, sure, I can do that. They're limitless. She said, maybe ignorance is bliss. And in this case, maybe that's what leads to change. We all are starting to realize through this again, that lots of things need to change. So the old way is not what we have to totally stick to. And the new way we can embrace as well, but there's a bridge. There is. And the older people bring a lot of wisdom and experience. They've been through a lot. Boomers have a very strong work ethic. And the workplace is 
someplace where we do have these cross-generational conflicts because boomers and to some extent Xers as well have a different way of working than millennials. And they often accuse of millennials as being slackers, although we've heard that term before. Okay. Yeah. Let's go there. Let's go all the way there. Okay. Because before this episode, I had to really think about this because if you had talked to me about four or five years ago, I would have been really hard on millennials, but I had to think about it this way. They have a very different frame of reference than we as Generation X and baby boomers have. You know, Sandy, that we were the group of kids who came home from school by ourselves many times, the latchkey kids. We were sometimes driving before we legally had our license at 16. We had jobs before we were 16. (laughs) We were, you know, you could go out and play, make sure you get home sometime before dark everything was just so wide open. Yeah. And yet for our millennials, for our Gen Y, they have really had to live in a micromanaged life where they had the helicopter moms and dads. They had a lot of hovering. Right. So there's even still some of that going on. (laughs) Why do we do that sometimes? (laughs) Well, we wanted things to be better for our children and we wanted to be very controlling and making sure that these things were going to be better And so it made them come out a little differently. And so then for us to then decide that we want to hate on them (laughs) because of the way that that turned out, I think we need to switch it around. I really see the value in this group. And I know in the snippet, I know Lane mentioned there are just so many aspects where millennials will take businesses, they'll take hobbies and turn them into businesses. And just that creativity is important and has been a blessing to the rest of us. So I got to stop messing with my millennial friends. And and Dana mentioned it, too, in her portion where she said, you know, yeah, they they get bad. (laughs) Yeah, she mentioned the avocado toast, you know, but the millennials are more than than the avocado toast. They were a bit coddled by helicopter parents in some cases. And they got, you know, what is it? They talk about the participation trophies and all that. It's a thing that boomers, especially typically, and Xers too, say about millennials that something that didn't happen in our generations. But they do have a different way of approaching things and working that I think, you know, it values a lot of creativity. And also they are teaching us to value self-care and value your time. A lot of them are the ones who have pushed for changes as far as that whole concept of working from home, or even when you are working in the workplace to have not just some tiny one inch space where you go for a break room to get your lunch and you eat in a corner, (laughs) (laughs) but they're the ones who taught us, oh no, we are going to have an area to spread out and have lunch and have discussions. And we are going to have maybe even a fitness center in a portion of the office to keep us active and healthy. Nap pods. Don't like some of the Silicon Valley companies and uh, and beyond, I think they're doing all these really incredible things. Workplaces just looked a lot differently 
for us and growing up. And, you know, and people would stay in jobs for years and years and years and then retire. And in some cases, the cases of boomers certainly would get pensions. And so many of those things have disappeared now. Millennials are always jumping job to job. Well, they're not happy here. I'm going to just go try something else. Now, back in the day, we'd be like, oh, it's a good job. I hate it. Hold on to it. Got to be loyal. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I, I think a lot of them realize that sometimes, especially corporate America, wasn't necessarily being loyal to them. Mm-mm. So I'm ready to move along and yeah. not have any bad feeling about it. And it's not like we're jealous right. <laughs> as older folks because we had to do the hard way. But it took a moment for us to relate to it and to digest it. Yep. And that's part of it too, giving each generation a little bit of time to digest it all. That's okay. That's fair, right? I think it's fair. So I think... You know, not giving millennials a hard time and the millennials not giving boomers the okay boomer thing is almost, I mean, it was kind of funny at first. And then it's like, okay, it's a little offensive, you know. Exactly. Because there's that line between a little joke Mm -hmm. and disrespect and dismissal. And I can no longer stand for... Either one of uh, it. (laughs) So what about Gen Z? Now, one thing with millennials is they grew up more digitally, but Gen Z... Their whole life has been digital. We grew up with VCRs. I was like. <laughs> and not even that at first. Yeah. <laughs> it took a minute to get to that. That's right. Yeah, we went to I Blockbuster, have... baby. But exactly. um, they can stream from jump. I mean, they're streaming videos on their phone and they're just very native. I mean, when I watch my son on a computer, like how fast his fingers fly and how fast he texts. So there's that. But it goes way beyond the digital element is... Kayla was talking about more human interaction. The funny thing that I noticed about Kayla's is Gen Z, she does feel like they really do connect well. And here's my thing. I kind of see Gen Z as this group that we have to be careful that they don't think that the only ways of connection involve social media and electronics and technology. Yeah. I mean, there's so much in me that wants to say, you guys, please make sure that you value the contact, the physical contact. I guess coronavirus is throwing that all over the place too. So maybe these Gen Z's have, <laughs> folks have saved us <laughs> from ourselves because if we had not been able to build on all of the technological advances that they have promoted, we would have really been in a tough spot with the coronavirus, but that won't last forever. And we just want to make sure that that human contact, person to person, I mean, maybe they don't have to do old school and write letters out by hand, but I just don't want that art to be lost of really connecting. And they see themselves as connecting. And again, there's balance in all of this. I think that we can all contribute. We can make sure that they don't tip the scales too far in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth, again, she was, she was telling me this one off to the side too. She was even talking about the biblical aspect of the salt and the light. Yeah. And it's just so cool because I see it where the salt, in my opinion, is kind of the older generation that has been there, just like salt has been in the oceans for years and years. And it signifies that flavorful, preservative, enduring part where you retain the good stuff And then the light, to me, is the younger generation. They represent the bright, new, innovative, hopeful, illuminating parts that usher in the good stuff. 
But we need both. We need multiple generations because, again, I just feel like they are the new kids on the block, but they might be the ones who end up saving this planet. I just can't imagine the things that they have had to go through. Sandy, Gen Z had to grow up as young people going through a pandemic, which hadn't happened in, was it like since 1918 or something? Right, right. They grew up, like you said, with technology. They grew up with the first black president ever. They grew up with some of the most intense racial turmoil also, which is crazy that we haven't seen in years. They grew up with Zoom and Amazon packages being delivered on their porch, you know, the very next day and social media and cyberbullying. They had access to everything at a young age. They see the ugliest and they've witnessed the most beautiful all at the same time. It is mind boggling. And I just want to nurture that group, especially because I have my kids are in that group. Yeah, me too. And the kids were not only exposed to the stuff that you're saying going on in the real world, but just think about a lot of them growing up with a smartphone, at least lately, and just the internet in their hand. And imagine all the stuff that they have seen at their age that like we didn't see until maybe we were 30 years old. And we'll see how that turns out, right? Because it's still to be determined what kind of impact that's going to end up having on them. I mean, we pray for them and we'll keep nurturing them and we'll kind of keep a close eye on them because I actually have hope, again, that they may, not just with technology, but they may, through their disposition and through their willingness to change, I think they may be the ones who really do help lift this whole country and planet back up. Well, let's see. Gen Z is 1996 until now, technically. So the older Gen Zs are still the early 2Ks and the late 1990s. We That was right before social media. The older ones still have some of those years without cyberbullying and certain things like that in YouTube. and But the younger ones who grew up with it their whole lives or came of age. So the funny thing is, my children are only four years apart. My daughter's the oldest. And she says, mom, even though we're in the same generation, she and her brother, he grew up and he didn't have coloring books, but she did. So (laughs) it's just very interesting to me, the ways that things started to change. And it's not that I let television or Netflix or anything raise my children, but there was a lot more leeway. And I just I hope it all works out. Yeah, yeah. Well, they just grew up with different things. Since we're talking about my son, and since we're talking about generations, I wanted to make good on my promise that I said earlier that I was going to mention our sponsor, Keisha Ganey with Rodan and Fields. I just wanted to kind of give the example of me being a Gen X, my experience alongside my son, Jay, Gen Z, because we both together decided to take the plunge and try out the Rodan and Fields skincare line. Now, Rodan and Fields is a leading skincare brand founded by Stanford-trained dermatologists giving dermatological-grade skincare products at home. Hmm. So that makes it easy and convenient, right, Sandy? Yeah, and so you're saying that but it's okay for younger people and older people, huh? Exactly. That was the thing that really drew me in because they have this system. They will address the four most common skincare concerns with a multi-med approach. And to be fair, my son and I have very different things going on with our skin. I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
But what happened is we were both able to work with consultant Keisha Gainey to get our individual customized dermatologist suggested regimen plans over the phone. Wow. And we love our results. My personal favorite is definitely going to be different than Jay's, but it's the lash boost for my eyelashes and the eye cream for those fine lines around my eyes. Mm. But my son, his biggest concern was, you know what it is already, Sandy, teenage acne. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, we had it. Yeah. So that's what he has been most excited about with his new skincare routine. So if you'd like to see changes in your skincare or in your son or daughter's skincare, you can get your free customized telephone consult with Keisha Ganey by just doing a simple email to kfullergainey at gmail.com, where she can go over the Rodan and Fields link, information, and product and give you your customized results. You know, we always put it on our imagineyourselfpodcast.com website. But again, let me go ahead and give it to you. K Fuller, F-U-L-L-E-R, Ganey, G-A-I-N-E-Y at gmail.com. K Fuller Ganey at gmail.com. But of course, you know, we always have it on our platform. And their little motto is, when taking photos, filters are great, but great skin is better. So check it out. <laughs> Hashtag no filter. Exactly. You won't need it anymore after <laughs> you start using Rodan and Phil skincare products. And most importantly, in real life too, because let's face it, online, people are still going to use filters and Photoshop and the 3 billion apps that are out there to perfect their look. <laughs> but to some extent, what I've been seeing here lately a lot is just people being a lot more authentic on social media. That's another part that I think I am really enjoying about Gen Z is that you're saying with all these things in social media, they are really in my opinion, starting to take the approach that you don't have to listen to or care about or live your life or have your life ruled by what everybody else says. And I think that comes from, like you mentioned, with the millennials who started that whole process of self-care, thinking for yourself, moving on if the fit is not right. And I think us older folks can learn from that too, because we didn't necessarily go that route when we were growing up. We really tended to care what other people thought of us. Yeah. (laughs) So even though we didn't have social media, we still had ways to find out through the grapevine. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but just an evidence of people using filters on Instagram and putting their best foot forward. I do think that all the generations care what people think. And of course, there's the unfortunate cyberbullying thing that is an aspect of that as well. But I think the point you're making is that this generation may be more authentic in the way they feel. And we heard what you know Joe said about people in the Gen Z generation not really being afraid to show their emotions. Exactly. I think that people around our age, Gen Xers, let's say, and maybe to a certain extent, baby boomers, as well as maybe some of the older millennials, are more likely to just post their highlight reel, the good things on social media, as opposed to maybe authentic feelings that might not be positive. Yeah, there's a big push for mental health concerns and for self-care, mental health care, physical health care. I like some of these things. These are good things. (laughs) And there are good things and bad things in every generation. And do you realize that we've gone through all of them? I mean, we've sprinkled a little bit about Gen X in here just because we are Gen Xers. 
And we did include a few of them in our conversations that we played before the beginning of the podcast. But, Lene, as an exer, what are your thoughts on the generation that's often forgotten? Sandy, we are literally the middle child. Oh my gosh, we're Jan Brady. We're not the baby of the family. We're not the mom or dad of the family, but the middle kid who might not get or who doesn't even need or want the most attention, but who's always there waiting in the wings to pick up the slack and help out. We already had the chance to live our best young lives, and we've still got a lot of living left to do. We started off with handwritten notes and typewriters and word processors. Now we've adapted to mega technology. We had Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers, but we also created punk music and material girls and hip hop. We are just as likely to turn on the TV and watch Golden Girls as go to a boy band concert or watch Netflix and chill too. So we told that middle line like nobody's business. And I just believe that there is a place for that too. The middle child. I like that. A lot of press is often given to uh, millennials and boomers and the things going on between them. And of course, Gen Z, because they're the up and coming generation. And you mentioned the technology piece. I mean, when we grew up, people didn't have home computers, but we remember getting them and just a lot has happened in our lifetime in technology. And I think that Xers are, for the most part, pretty technologically competent, but maybe they're not as reliant on the technology as younger generations. Not that we don't use it, but we know what it's like to not have it. And if you took away our phones for a day, it would be a lot easier for us than maybe millennials or Gen Zers, maybe. <laughs> so now that we've given all the generations their due, what do we have to take away, Lene? I um, just wanted to kind of reflect on the fact that through all of this, talking to different people, I'm really starting to understand personally that everyone wants to leave behind a legacy. And we all can. We also really have a desire, a human desire to be connected with one another. And I think we all welcome that too. Again, we need to have more conversations like these. I just want you to all sit there for just a minute. I want to ask you a question, anyone listening. From now on, when you hear baby boomer, Gen X, millennial, Gen Z, how will you think, what kinds of images will come to your mind now that you've listened to this episode? And is it possible that you have now widened your views on each group? The other thing I want everyone to think about is a relay race. One generation passing the baton on to the next generation, and we are all in it to win it for the entire human race. That right there is my takeaway. Go team, right? We're a team. We're not okay. supposed to be, just like we were saying, you know, we had conversations on race in a prior episode, and that's very important. Conversations on getting along with other generations is important too. Imagine if we were all rowing in the same direction on the same team. And we weren't worried about what other people necessarily were doing if we didn't agree with it exactly, you know? If we had the this same intention of making life better. We could get very, very far down the river, <laughs> you know? <laughs> All this talk about conversations, too. I am very curious. If people want to just write into us at imagineyourselfpodcast.com, I really want to know what kind of topics are important to you all. What would you like to hear us discuss? What would better 
your lives? What kind of things can we bring to the table? Because we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, you can get us on our website. You can even do Ask Alexa. I just want to make sure that we're incorporating some conversations that you all want to hear. And also I want to make sure, like Sandy said, the one on race and even this one, share these episodes that you really love or that you're excited about with other people and get that conversation going in your own home or set of friendships. It really helps promote growth. Yeah, it's a good conversation starter. That way you don't have to do the hard part of it. You just say, hey, listen to this podcast. I think it's important. Have them listen to it and then, you know, have a conversation from there. Thought starter. Thought starter. That's what we do. <laughs> so overall, I just want to say, imagine yourself building loving, life-enhancing, generational bridges instead of widening the generational gaps. Thanks for listening. We'd love your feedback. Go to imagineyourselfpodcast.com to send us an email or connect with us on social media. Take care of yourself and join us again next time when we'll have something new to imagine.